Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. On. This is on. Happening. We're live. Yes. Wow. Yeah, things are happening. Hi, folks. I'm Tim. I'm Dustin. And this is Zompocalypse Now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what had happened was that we watched The Mist for a real long time. And then. It didn't get any better. You may have noticed that yeah. in our previous reviews. But now we have two weeks before Fear the Walking Dead, but we run out of episodes of The Mist. So. We also have uh, next week, which we will be off, one of those rare occasions where we're not going to record because Dustin is... Out of town. Out of town. And I will be out of town as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we're not out of town in the same town. He will be down in Texas. I'll right. be down in Kansas. Just because there's going to be so much travel and things involved, we're not going to be able to... Sometimes, right. sometimes when we don't record on Sundays, we do get together like on Monday and record again. It's just not going to work this time. Right. So we're taking a week off. Um, so we have this two weeks. With one week, we're not going to actually be recording and so we have tonight right until fear of the walking dead comes back and so we're sitting here going what should we watch we need something we need like a palate cleanser to to wipe the the sadness of right. the mist from our minds and prepare ourselves for the what the hell of fear of the walking dead yes i suggested bridget jones baby which i thought if we reviewed it like a horror film and treated like everything in it as if it's all you know, can, you know, applying to horror tropes. Yes, could have been very, very entertaining. We didn't do that. I was a little disappointed. With that However, I looked at Dustin and I said, "You know what we didn't do? We didn't watch the second season of Santa Clarita Diet." And it's his true. eyes got large, and he was like, "You're right." And so we watched the first two episodes of the second season tonight, mm-hmm. and laughed our ways. <laughs> It's such a great it's a good show. show. Um, and I occur, it occurs to me, because one of the characters, one of the actors from the show, Better Off Ted, uh, was on the show, playing essentially the same character. Well, that guy plays that character. Oh, I like, know. You know. But it also occurred that the humor in this show is very much like the humor in Better Off Ted. It's dialogue-based humor. Mm-hmm. It's people saying, you know, saying a line of dialogue just very matter-of-factly. And other people just stopping and looking at them and going, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> and it's it's just such a funny show. It is. It's a very funny show. And uh, we enjoyed it very much. And I'm glad we got to watch a little bit of it tonight. I'll probably finish it up. Because I don't know if we're going to get a chance to rewatch any more of it until after Fear the Walking Dead is over. Well, yeah, probably not. I mean, I don't think there's any breaks in the Fear of the Walking Dead schedule. Although there could be, considering that God only knows what AMC does with their schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's it is one of the problems with the way we because of course this show come, came out of our reviewing the uh-huh. Walking Dead shows, and when we were writing the reviews, it was one thing to sit there and go, okay, we're going to write reviews for the Walking Dead. You know, it's got their first half of their season and the second half of the season, and then Fear the Walking Dead, which has the first half of their season and the second half of their. But the problem is that the gaps in between these halves end up being weird lengths in terms of like, yeah. let's watch another show. So, you know, because it's not like we, we we didn't watch The Mist. 
we didn't do five weeks of just watching The Mist, the ten episodes. No. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of odd. But, yeah. So, anyway, it's kind of a palate cleanser for us because... The Mist was so bad. <laughs> and Fear the Walking Dead actually has a... You know, this season has been interesting. Right. Especially if they do, you know, if, if they give in to my secret desire to have all the old cast go away and just have it be the new cast. <laughs> well, it sounds pretty much, I mean, that's essentially what they did. Um, and I've, I've not, I mean, I still, I still think that they're going to, that, that Madison's going to show up in the last episode oh, of the I'm season. Oh, I'm sure she will. You don't, it's, it'd be so foolish to get rid of her at this point. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, we, we did talk about the fact that the, the new cast could certainly carry the show. Right. They're interesting enough. And they don't come with some of the negative baggage that the original cast was still holding on to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about what the actor, what the characters are holding on. I'm talking about the some of the really bad episodes of, right. of the previous seasons. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. No, we're tonight not. we're talking about Santa Clarita Diet. So, and if you will remember, if you were to cast your minds back to Santa Clarita Diet season one, it is about uh, Drew Barrymore. And Timothy Olyphant being amazing. Uh, Drew Barrymore plays a woman named Sheila, Sheila Hammond, mm-hmm. who uh, mysteriously becomes an undead thing. Um, halfway, or like, just what? What was it? Do you remember what made her? What killed her and turned her into a thing? You know, um, you know. I honestly don't recall what it was that actually made her a zombie. But the fact of the matter is, is it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Because that's really, the the how and why is not really the issue so much as how they deal with it. Right, because she's not necessarily a a shambling corpse. She's more of a, a ghoul. She has to keep her, um, she has to eat a certain amount of human flesh, or she will start to rot. And so the first season was all about how Sheila and her husband, Joel, and their daughter, Abby, and their next-door neighbor, Eric, um, figured out how to uh, stop her from being, like, so murdery and also uh, dissolvy. Right, and, and one of the backbones of this show is the fact that it, this is it's about family and friendship. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because, you know... These, it's a husband who doesn't want to lose his wife, and a daughter who doesn't want to lose her mother, and a, and a mother who doesn't want to lose her family, even though she's changing in ways she can't control. Right. Um, and for, so, for all the fact that there's, it is wonderfully gory mm-hmm. and wonderfully funny. It is also at the core about people caring about each other, which right. is actually really, you get a stronger sense from that from this, and you necessarily get from certain seasons of certain other shows we've watched uh, regularly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's. So anyway, basically, uh, Joel and Abby have to figure out a way to keep their mom wholesome, human, uh, while they uh, deal with the fact that she eats people. And it's pretty cool. Last season, they discovered a doctor named Cora Wolf, who had studied the undead phenomenon and had come up with a, had figured out a serum to stop, not cure... But stop uh, Sheila from eating, or from from devolving any further. Mm-hmm. And she had already kind of gotten really violent and like, and you know, crazy a little bit, and was like very aggressive. 
So the last thing they needed was the bile of a Serbian Serbian person, yes. and so Joel went. And to, the re- the reason it's that specific is because the first recorded real zombie outbreak uh-huh. was in Serbia, right? And they are the only people who have a built-up immunity in their systems to the to the goo. This makes no sense whatsoever if you think about it too hard. So don't. Yeah. Um, so, so Joel went to the only Serbians that he knew, uh, which was the principal and his mother to try and get her bile and ended up getting arrested and getting thrown in the nut hatch. Right. Meanwhile, Sheila, who's getting more and more aggressive as the days go on, uh, is, is, uh, locked in the basement. Meanwhile, Abby and Eric, who are teenagers, by the way, mm-hmm. are trying to make this formula. So that's where we open up. It's like the next day in at the beginning of season two. And right. uh, Abby has put an ad online asking for somebody, a Serbian, to throw <laughs> up for This ends up about as well as you expect when you combine asking for anything that is a body fluid right. on the internet. And she has to specify that no dick pics is required mm-hmm. uh, because it's the internet. And this didn't help right. because people just got more creative. Right. Um, so, so, but she does find somebody, and mm-hmm. she goes over to his house to get it, and it's a total creep. And he throws up for her. Uh, he first he wants her to watch, and he's like, she's like, no. Um, but then he follows her home. Meanwhile, she she left she left Eric in charge of Sheila. And Eric is, like, the quintessential science nerd, next-door neighbor. He's also genre-savvy, because he's talking about, okay, no, we do not talk about unchaining the zombie in the basement, because this never ends well. Right. No, it, never in the history of anything has unchaining the zombie in the basement been a good idea. Right. And so, while, she, while Abby's gone to get the bile... Um, Sheila convinces him to go down to the basement <laughs> and unchain him, and he's like, "This is terrible! I can't believe that I." He goes, "What is something about something about his uh, inability to question authority?" Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> so Joel has well, he's in the in the asylum, um, which basically is your standard, you know, mental uh, lockup. It's not like you know, it's like mm-hmm. your it's a it's a Observation and release. It's not like right. the asylum, as as this is pointed out later. You didn't get transported back to the nineteenth century. Um, yeah. But he meets Joel, who, or he meets um, uh, Ron, who is who's uh, Jonathan Slavin, but known to a lot of people from the show Better Off Ted. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, he's essentially playing the same characters he played there. The same sort of neurotic, self-referential voice drops as he considers he goes off on a little tangent he's only really talking to himself yeah. kind of thing. very very funny stuff and like I said that's when I just really the, the, the humor the verbal humor in this show um, it would it would be really really funny if somehow we got like a better off Ted you know crossover moment right because it would fit so well in that whole universe uh, especially with uh, considering that we've had Portia uh, De Rossi yeah. who's also in that show playing a different character anyway yeah it's it's just a funny moment, and so he's the interaction between these two is very very funny because Ron initially Ron is having issues 
with the uh, uh, Asparagos, mm-hmm. I believe they were. Yeah. As opposed to the asparagus people uh, who are uh, watching him and he had to put peanut butter, in his, peanut butter in his ears so he could sleep. Right. And, you know, clearly he's a little crazy. But uh, Joel also realizes that here's someone he, he can talk to. He can tell yeah. what's really going on. And, and Ron's probably not going to think he's nuts. And oddly enough, Ron's like, that's a really difficult situation yeah. you find yourself find, in. My wife's undead. She keeps killing people, and we kept that. Wow, that's terrible. And I don't think we're bad people. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. And so then they have to go into group therapy, and Joel, <laughs> Joel gives his sort of. Uh, no, really, I completely understand why I'm here, and I'm just ready to be out, be part of society. And I feel that you know I recognize the worth of other people. And he kind of fizzles at the end. Which Ron's like, you know, you kind of fizzled at the yeah. end. Like, yeah, I know. And so it comes out that Ron, the real reason Ron is there is that Ron's wife died last week. Right. And he's he's just sort of came up, fell apart. Yeah. So Joel shows some real compassion towards him, which convinces the doctor to let him out. And as she's leaving, the doctor is like, as he's leaving, the doctor goes, uh, you know, really the only time I ever get... Uh, I ever get to talk to somebody who's not crazy is when they're saying goodbye, and Joel's like, "Oh, goodbye." <laughs> like, <laughs> so, but he goes down to the to the morgue where he's bought body parts before and buys a Serbian gall <laughs> gallbladder, but not before he has the conversation with the the morgue attendant who is just wrong. And he's been in the episodes before, like he's bought and stuff bought in. Stuff from him before. It's like he reminds me. He goes, "Hey, uh, I'm the guy who bought the foot from you last thing." He goes, "Yeah, yeah. yeah How'd I'm that work out for you?" He's <laughs> like, "Well, it, it worked out well." Um, so I need, um, I need to know if you've got like a gallbladder from a a Serbian. Yeah. And he's like, "Huh? You? What are you into, man? All right, come on, let's, let's, yeah, let's go find it. Let's see we get you, you freak." And he's just so excited. Oh God. And so. They get back. Unfortunately, by this time, Abby has led her Serbian back to her house. Not intentionally. Not intentionally. She did not realize that he followed her home. But he did, and he's standing in the kitchen. Right. And she's very freaked out. Um, However, at this point... um, Sheila arrives. And she overhears this. And she does what every uh, mother who cares about her child, who happens to also be a zombie... Who needs to feed and is very aggressive at this point because right. of the deterioration. She launches herself across the kitchen and paints everything in blood. <laughs> so funny. It's you know, one of the things that this show does really well is that it it does not skimp on the gore. For right. a comedy, you would think that maybe they would, you know, let some of the gore like by the wayside. No. On this show it's like the room is painted red and there's like intestines on the counter and and yet and yet with all this and this really really realistic to a point uh bloodletting there's also this sense the the dulling of reaction that our heroes have to this because everything the great part the one thing that we talked about a lot during season one when we reviewed it was that Everyone is just trying to deal with things that just don't make sense. Right. And they're just, you know, 
they're just trying they're doing their best and and the world has gotten very very strange and it'll, they just want to try and get through the day so abby and while, while sheila is ripping this guy apart abby and eric who are teenagers are just kind of standing there like <sighs> yeah <laughs> And blood is like arcing through the air, and I mean, blood is splattering across and Abby's like, face, and she's like, uh. "I, I knew I shouldn't have let her out." News. <laughs> so, so um, then Joel comes home, and he's got his little, "Hey, honey, I got, I got the bile, I got the oh, what happened here?" But Eric was able to synthesize a treatment, which. While she is not going to be cured, Sheila will not get any worse. Right. And that's awesome. Except that Joel, quite rightly, sits there and goes, Okay, my wife, who is hyper-violent, just murdered a man in our kitchen. Um, This is is what we're we're having as acceptable. And they point out, well, it is not getting any worse. And he's like, yeah, but kitchen. Right. You know, there's blood dripping from the ceiling. So Eric volunteers to go get some cleaning supplies. He's kind of hoping that they'll sort of like give him some money or tell him that somebody else will come along with him and nobody will. And he's kind of like, fine. <laughs> right. And so he is standing in the cleaning supply aisle, staring blankly at the cleaning supplies, which if you watch season one, you know that both Joel and Abby did at different times in the in the series. And who should show up in the aisle but Ramona. Played by Ramona Young. Who is our favorite CVS employee. Because she's just like, you've been staring at the cleaning supplies for a really long time. And he's like, yeah. She's like, I thought you might be might be overwhelmed. There's a lot going on in this aisle. Because <laughs> this is the third time she's had this kind of conversation in this aisle. And so so they talk, and, and they kind of bond a little bit, and then she says, this is the one you want. It's really good for getting out blood. And he's like, oh, and she's like, there's some on your shoe. <laughs> And so, so we're like, oh, Ramona, we love you, which is great because at the end of the episode, Ramona comes back. Right. Well, but first she spends a lot of time texting. Yeah. No, she comes back. She talks to him first. Oh, right. That's right. Um, She calls him because she got his number from Mm -hmm. his CVS card. Right. I hope you don't mind. And he's like, oh, no, that's great. And she's like... He's like, I like science. He's like, I like science, too. And I, they talk about moths. Their favorite moths, which they agree on. Right. And then um, she says, my boyfriend never liked moths. And, and Eric is crestfallen. And she goes, well, my ex-boyfriend. And that's when Tim and I like both looked at each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Wait, what is happening? Right. And then, then she opens up the... The refrigerator, and there's the ex-boyfriend all in pieces. Yeah, and she says, you know, we broke up. It got a little messy. And then she reaches in and she takes one of his fingers and starts eating it. And we're like, oh, "Oh, dear. There's a lot more undead in Santa Clarita than than are necessarily expected. Right, and some of whom seem to be... um, 
Well, there's just varying degrees of functionality with them. Right. So Ramona has gotten even more interesting, and we mm-hmm. actually are, we loved her before, and now she's just like, what is going on? Right. Uh, so basically, that's pretty much how the episode ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I take that back. It ends with with them realizing that that Sheila has to be in the basement still. She has, still has to be chained. Yeah. Up. And and she's she's like, no, we'll 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 paint the walls, and and Joel's like, we'll put in carpet, and but there's all this, you know, there's just the family that wants to be together. Yeah. Is, is, recognizing they kind of have to build up these barriers because of the situation. Mm-hmm. So they all go to bed. And they're all very uncomfortable. Right. Nobody's, everybody, they'll be sleeping, they're all sliding in their beds. And Joel goes down and he tells Sheila, look, I do not want to be separated from you. Mm-hmm. I would. I want to be with you. We will figure this out together. And just about the time that they start, like, Messing around a little bit because it's still recommended that she stay chained up because of the sex things because she might break him. Mm-hmm. Abby comes down and right. climbs into bed with them, and and they as a family go go to sleep and super cute. Well, first Abby's <laughs> first Abby's like donate me, <laughs> and she was like I'll try, but you're so cute. Yeah, <laughs> she's like ah. So the next morning they decide. Sheila decides she's going to go to work. She's going to go to work. Or first she goes out for a run. Right. And the run devolves into chasing a rabbit through yes. the desert. Uh, but she doesn't eat the rabbit. I, I expected that she was going to, like... Uh, I, yeah, I thought that was going to happen, too. But no, yeah. she's just... She's like, finally, you know, some, just to get out and, and run. And and Joel's like, I'm not sure this is a good idea. You're kind of in public. Right. And she's like, oh, I was out in the middle of the desert, way past where we buried that guy. Right. <laughs> So, so they go and they're going to try and get on this new housing development deal with, with Andy Richter. And uh, he's like, if you can sell this big crazy house, then we will, uh, then you can, you can uh, have, you can be on the, on the big, big deal mm-hmm. thing. And it turns out it's Marky Post's house. Of course, she's not Marky Post, she's somebody else. Right. And, uh... So nice to see her, though. You don't right, see her. Right, I know. And she's got a dog that she never lets go outside, and because she likes to chew on its feet, which is a little strange, but we're in Santa Clarita, so it doesn't... Well, really you know, like... for everybody, you know, as, as a pet owner, you know, you've got, well, the, the zombie dog here is no. is no. But, um, you know, some people get all very weird with their pets, and it's, you know, they call them their babies right. and things like that. She just takes it a little bit, yeah, further, right. I'm always, I'm always telling Maisie that she's a possession. <laughs> and while we love our possessions, if we were ever stuck on a on a deserted island, I would eat her first. But could she serve as a hunting dog in that context? No. Have you considered this? Have you considered the fact that she could actually bring food to you? No. If there were, if there were no choice. And I had to choose. I would eat Maisie first. She's a freaking dog. I'm just saying that you're not considering the useful possibilities of her. You could eat her later once you've exhausted those possibilities. Do well, not leap first to eating the pets. Again. But see... But I mean, uh, perhaps, luckily, we, luckily perhaps I you've would, said too much. <laughs> luckily I've got, like, you know, I've got pets. And then I've got three whole children. Well, that's true. So we'll we'll rec- we'll be well into a Lord of the Flies situation before, <laughs> you know. 
Anyway, so so also wanting to get the the bid for this house is Joel McHale <laughs> playing some other character. It doesn't matter who he is. No, no, it does because Joel is Joel McHale is playing Chris, who is married to Krista, oh, right. who's played by Maggie Lawson. Right, and Maggie Lawson was on uh, Psych. Yes, and I liked her on Psych. And they basically come in and they're like, you know, it's it's trash talk time. Mm-hmm. And there's like a minute and a half of them just exchanging insults. Because uh, Joel and Chris have known each other right, since for, high school. Yeah, for a long time. And it's like, you know... And <laughs> Chris, uh, Joel says, you know, uh, Chris and I graduated. Chris, I'm 51 and Chris is 54, but we graduated together. <laughs> Do the math, because Chris sure can't. And then Chris comes back with, you know... <laughs> Did you ever hear the story about uh, uh, Joel's championship game? (laughs) And this is a sports thing. It doesn't matter. We're neither one of us are sports guys, so it doesn't matter. Right. So now they have, like, these rival realtors. Or is it realtors? So the word is realtor, but our our dear... Joel and Sheila say realtor. Well, Sheila says realtor, and Joel just backs her up. Right. (laughs) And so it actually becomes a sort of back and forth. So first, first they they try that tact. Right. They're like, well, we're not gonna. We need to figure out a way to get Marky Post's house. Mm-hmm. And so first they start that with like, we will do our best. We want to find a family that's gonna fit. That's gonna love this house the way your family loved this house. And of course, then Joel McHale shows up with with a set visit to Johnny Depp movie. Which why would you want to go to a Johnny Depp movie? Come on, people. It is. It is California, right? So anyway, um, the it seems like Joel McHale and Krista, Chris and Krista, are gonna scoop, scoop Joel and Sheila when um, when Joel gets the bright idea to let the dog out and have Sheila catch it. Because, you know, you got to get, Sheila needs to burn off all that energy, which right. hopefully, which in theory, what they're thinking is that her burning off this energy means she's going to be a little less killer, you know, yeah. uh, murdery. And so, so he like opens the door and goes, oh no, looks like Chris, Chris left the door open. Right. And Chris is like, I need to leave the door open. But it's too late. Yep. Because the dog's running away. And Sheila takes off after it. Right. And Sheila catches it. That's amazing. And it's a very. Yeah, this is the second time we're like, please don't. Please don't eat the animal. Yeah, because it's. I mean, because that, that this that show would, be, would go there. It yeah, would sit it's there and definitely go. has no problem going there. <laughs> Unfortunately, the dog was run over by a car and then chewed on. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but that's not what happened. She brings the dog back, right? Um, and so they get the the contract and everything's exciting, except when they realize, oops, this is they're building houses right where we hit our first kill. <laughs> Yeah. Which was Gary, who was played by, um, um, what's his name? Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion, yes, thank you. So they have to go dig him up. And when they dig him up, his severed head is alive. <laughs> are we bad people? No, no, we're not bad people. No, you guys are great. <laughs> like, ah! His head's just sitting there talking to him. Gary? What did you do to me? <laughs> Meanwhile, Abby and Eric have their own adventure because they realize that the guy she bought the bile from being dead, there's a email trail right. leading back to them because they went and bought bile from him. Right. And uh, they also were there when he was murdered, which is not great. 
so they have to sneak back into... They First, they have to defrost one of his thumbs. Well, they sneak into the house. Right. They sneak into his apartment and discover that they, you know, he has a thumbprint scanner with his computer. Right. And they're like, oh, good. Because this is the guy that, you know, mom just ate. But she didn't eat all of them. They froze him and, and going to their yeah. storage space. So she can have a little bit of them later. Right. As you do. Right. And luckily, she does. Uh, her, you know, Sheila's not a big fan of eating thumbs. Right. She they're the they're the cr- the the toe end of bread. Right. In her opinion. So they uh, they go down there, and um, earlier Sheila uh, had had some suggestions for how Abby should deal with the fact that uh, Eric is interested in another girl, mm-hmm. and Abby's like, well, "No, mom." It's he's just a friend of mine, right. and she's like, "Well, you know, you don't want to lose your friend." And she's like, "I'm not going to take advice from someone who's eating people." And Joel's like, "I thought you were giving very good advice." <laughs> and she's like, "Thank you, honey." But um, you know, Abby's been thinking about this, and so as they are chiseling out um, the appropriate digit, she's like, "You should, you should go out with Ramona." Yeah, because Ramona's been texting him a lot. And uh, and he's like, what? what? And she's like, look, I don't want to be the kind of person who, who stops a friend from being happy just because there's like a 3% chance we're going to be together. And he's like, 3%? And she's like, is that all you heard? <laughs> he goes, no, I, I heard you say you wanted me to be happy too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, I do. And she's like, okay. So they chop out the thumb. If there's a weird bumping noise here, it's because it's because Maisie, the zombie dog, is stalking among the microphones. Right. So there could be some like very strange stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I Hopefully I can cut it out. Anyway, so they chop out the thumb and they get back there. Although, um, oh, they might have to microwave it because it's, it's, yeah. it's frozen to his lips. Nose. Nose. Yeah, that's right. And, and so they, they do. They microwave it and they go back there and and they open up and they delete the emails. And as they're leaving, two more people come in in gloves, break into to the Serbian's apartment. And they're like, oh, what are you doing here? And they're like, we're, we're friends of, what's his name? So are we. Why are you wearing gloves? We're hand models. We're hand models. <laughs> we're on our way to a shoot. We why, to- are, why are you wearing gloves? We're... Custodians who don't like to change at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, so, well, that's, that's great. Um, we're gonna go oh. now, and they do. And then the, 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 the new people have come in and are like, "Who are those people? I don't know. I was in. You heard the same things I did." But they they said, "Do you think they were here about the bile?" Oh yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. You heard the same things that I did, <laughs> and they're out in the hall, Abby. <laughs> Eric says, who are they? And Abby says, I don't know. You heard the same things I did. So there's a, a larger mystery. I think they're connected to Ramona. Could be. Could be. I think Ramona, it doesn't strike me in this show that Ramona is just going to be your garden variety cannibal. Right. The implication is is that she's going to be... Another another, another undead. Yeah. Another ghoul. So, um, God, I love this show. Mm-hmm. It is so funny. Uh, for... For the last several weeks, laughing at a show which was funny for the wrong reason. Right. Actually, it was, it was more like, why is this so terrible laughter? Mm. Um, this is actually meant to be funny, and it's really, really funny. Uh, Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant are just so good in this mm-hmm. show. Everybody's good in the show. Right. So, I think that's it. That's well, everything. That's pretty much it. Yeah, so, 
But yeah, it's uh, uh, if you're if you're not watching this show, if you've not, not watched season one, like go watch season one. Uh, oh, definitely, because it's really good. If you're a, if you are a fan of zombie stories, it has the violence and the gore and all the things that are are you know fun parts of the genre. But it's also about family and friends and love and and caring about the people that are in your life. And the writing is wicked funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is smart, smart writing. Uh, and great casting. I mean, everybody in the show is, is just does a phenomenal job. So, um, it, the temptation is very, very strong to sit there and go, "Ah, oh, Fear the Walking Dead can wait," but mm-hmm. we probably can't do that. So, no, we definitely can't do that. No, so um, because the show is going to change a little bit coming up here soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, not so much on your end, dear listeners, but on our end because we're going to be in different states here soon. Right. So, the end of this month. Uh, end of well, the end of August. Yes, uh, Dustin will be down in Texas, and I'll be staying here in Missouri. So we will continue now. Huh? I've started an evil campaign to get all of my favorite people from Kansas City <laughs> to move down to Texas. At least it's Austin, Texas. Yes, as opposed to some of the other places in Texas, which I had no interest in moving to. Why would you? Uh, exactly. Dallas. Dallas is okay. Yeah. If you're like a super weirdly rich Republican lady. Um, I am none of these things. In fact, that is that is an amazing list of things that I am not. Houston is terrible. Her Houston's the worst. Austin is good. San Antonio, I don't know a lot about, honestly, considering that I live for the amount of time that I lived, like forty miles away from San Antonio. I know nothing about because we never went there. Oh, there you go. The Alamo. You'll have, op- you have opportunities to do that now, though. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. so yes, yeah, so the show's going to change a little bit. We're still going to be recording. Uh, we're just going to be recording um, slightly differently, so yeah. you won't. You hopefully won't notice too much. You may notice a change in the audio quality in terms of um, uh, at least at least initially as we adjust to the new ways of doing things. We kind of don't want to do the Skype thing because there's a certain amount of audio degradation that goes with that mm-hmm. uh, that can be really hard on the ears for a lot of people, myself included. So hopefully we'll we'll not do that. But there's other there's other stuff anyway. That's stuff coming up, but. Um, Again, we'll be off next week. Right. Uh, as Dustin, we'll both be traveling. And um, the Watch movie... Ted Clare to Diet while we're gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then we'll be back the week after that with the with the return of Fear the Walking Dead. Do all the things, all the podcast things. Like, oh, yeah. If you're, a, if you're getting us through iTunes, leave a comment and a check mark and, a, and all those things so that we know you're listening. And also, if you're a podcast.com person... Uh, Point a finger at the sky and, and make a wish, and <laughs> like if you about. if you uh, just go to uh, to what used to be Sci Fi for Me and download us there, like like I don't know, get get an old timey uh, Morse code machine and send us a message, and then uh, if if you uh, if you just get the 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 podcast through the through your dental work, which I've heard happens, then I think that you should buy a boat and 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 sail to Costa Rica. And once you get there, go to go to the the highest point. I of don't the even know what he's doing at this point. So um podcast.com there iTunes you will find a mummy. Facebook uh, You must fight the mummy in Costa Rica. <laughs> Fight the mummy and Follow us on Twitter. 
Uh, we don't have an Instagram account. So, so Facebook, Twitter, um, iTunes, podcast.com, all the other places you can find us on the internet. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. I gotta, gotta stop Dustin. He's gone too far. Alright, we'll see you actually. We'll see you in two weeks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. It's Apocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.